Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Apologies for dropping a day late because uh, I was uh, at Hofstra show all weekend, a.k.a. the Long Island National. So I apologize. I was exhausted. I'm glad I told everybody that it would be a day late. Um, And next weekend will be the same uh, because I'll be traveling to Toronto next weekend, getting back late on Sunday. So that episode next week will also drop uh, on Monday evening. Uh, Thursday's episode will be a collaboration, uh, another collaboration with Sports Card Therapist, uh, and that'll actually drop a day early. Um, that that episode will drop Wednesday morning, so you'll get two quick episodes almost back-to-back this week. I will be going live uh, from when I'm in Toronto uh, on Instagram. So if um, make sure you follow my IG account, sports card underscore lessons. Uh, so you go, that will pop up when I'm going live while I'm there. Uh, and I'll probably put some of that video together when I get back and also drop on here. But if you want to see it live, definitely give me a follow on Instagram. So like I said, just back from a two-day Hofstra show, um, the crowds were incredible. Sales were great. Uh, and there was an Adam Sandler sighting. Uh, so if you're in the hobby around here, uh, anywhere in the Northeast, you know there's been uh, people going out, interviewing people to be extras in this movie that's coming up with Adam Sandler. No matter what show I've been to, probably since October or November when they started showing up and they've been at every been at every show same people every show pulling people aside signing forms interviewing people recording it but now this was the first time there were people showing up with cameras uh and setting them up uh you know throughout the uh Throughout the show, and I, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that later. But yeah, I mean, what what more can you ask for? It's just uh, what a great weekend, uh, you know that that Hofstra show. Um, you know, they call it the Long Island National, right? It's uh, it definitely lived up to uh, all expectations. Uh, shout out to my guy John from Behind the Diamond. Uh, I set up in his square this weekend, um, and I always do. Uh, and, and you know the uh, Terrytown show, the Long Island show. Uh, I'm usually with him, uh, and uh, yeah, just always appreciate him. Uh, and a shout out uh, to my guy Jerry now on Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
uh, it was great seeing him and uh, and a promise shout out to him. He's just a great guy. Always comes around. Uh, we have great conversation, and we we almost uh, got to have a dinner Saturday night, but it just it didn't work out. It was so late. I had to get back getting out of there. I had to go find a hotel room. Uh, I decided to stay over just because the day was so busy. Uh, and I knew Sunday was going to be just as busy. I didn't want to spend four hours in between in the car. Um, and a shout out to all the listeners who stopped by to say hello and talk cards. Uh, it's always great. I, I, it never gets old hearing people come up and say, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so. I listen to the show. Just just, just great. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and if you're at any show that I'm at, please come up, introduce yourself, say hello. So, yeah, the show was a constant sea of people. Uh, and by the time the show ended on Sunday afternoon, oh, my God, I was exhausted. Um, I had, you know, 10 minutes to pack up. Uh, and when they opened the door, I was just heading right out, right? Just getting in the car, getting loaded up and just heading home. Uh, and you have to remember, I mean, being a dealer at a show. Uh, it's just two full days of standing in constant interaction with people. I love interaction with people. I'm a people person. I talk to mo almost anybody. Um, and at the end of the at the end of a show like that, you know, sometimes it's nice just to get in the car and just have silence, you know, just because they've just been talking so much um, with so many people. I mean, I love it. I would never. I would never say I'm not doing this because of it. I mean, that's that's what you look forward at the, these shows. The worst thing is if you go to a show and you're not talking to anybody, that means nobody's coming to your table and you're kind of sitting there waiting for people to come up. Well, this was the opposite. There was just co people constantly there all day. Um, the only downfall I find with this, and you know, I've mentioned this a ton of times, is that a lot, you know, my cards, they, a lot of them come with stories and I like to tell the stories and, uh, you know, uh, the stories have to get short when it's really, really busy like that. And, you know, I think most people, you know, if it's a little bit slower, people like to chat and they like to hear the story, but when it's busy like that, I think most people just want to get the deal done and, and maybe they just particularly don't care to hear the story. You know, they just, they just want to get that card and go or just get the deal they're looking for and go. Uh, you know, so coming into this show, uh, I had three goals, right? Goal number one, sell more than I buy. I talked the last, the last episode that I seem just to be buying more than I'm selling at shows. Uh, two, find at least one card for my case at national. Uh, and three, something that I like to do when I go to these shows uh, is interact with a minimum of five dealers that I've seen at shows and I've never talked to before. You know, we always have time before the doors open just to go. And I just like to go find people who maybe sell similar stuff to me and maybe they don't. You know, they just I just go start talking to people because I just like to get out and, you know, meet as many people as I can, especially in the hobby. Uh, doing the same thing I'm doing. Um, so three goals, and as as Meatloaf says, two out of three ain't bad, right? Uh, and, and I know you're all. As soon as I say I only I only succeeded in two out of three, everyone's immediately thinking, "Man, this guy just bought more than he sold again." Um, and it's it's not true. That's it. it 
I'm glad I'm happy to say I sold a lot more than I bought this weekend. Um, usually it would be true, but not this weekend. Um, and I did have some great pickups, um, some PC pickups that I'll share with you later. But where I fell short with my original plan was the national pickup. But I had a little bit of an aha moment this weekend. Uh, what I realized during the show, and I've been kind of realizing this, um, building up, but you know, not so much with recent shows because this whole football thing, do we take it out of the case? Do we leave it in the case? What's going on with that? So I can't exactly say the last few shows, but I started to see last year too. Um, and I kind of, you know, as, as a dealer, we just keep doing whatever seems to be working. That's what we do. And when it's not working anymore, we move on to something else because this hobby is always changing. We have to change. We have to adapt um, to what's going on, just like pricing and everything else. I, you know, every, every show is a brand new show. No matter what happened at the last show, you go to the next show. I mean, things can be completely different. Um, but what I noticed... Um, for kind of a sweet spot selling at these shows um, is really in the $250 to $1,000 range. You know, my goal, and I talked about, you know, picking up RPAs, you know, QB RPAs to go out to national that were in the two to 5K range. Um, and in my mind, thinking about last year and thinking about watching what, what other dealers were doing last year and they were very successful at it in my mind was saying, well, you know, maybe this is, you know, this is where I need to be. This is kind of where I have to be. If I want to be, if I want to be successful, um, and going into this weekend, going in to this show, uh, you know, I had, I have a variety of stuff. I talk about the variety of stuff I have, at, you know, on my table. Um, football was selling this weekend. Uh, in fact, I, I sold 90% of all the sales I had were football. Uh, and the rest was music cards, some wrestling cards, some soccer cards, a couple hockey cards. Um, and I had higher end cards in my case this weekend, Right kind of the cards that I'm talking about that I would bring out, you know, take the national, but I throw them in my case anyways. Um, because you never know when somebody might come or there may be a good trade up opportunity. So I have them in the case and, and I have them probably priced more of a national price than a, a current comp price. Uh, and everybody loves them. Of course they come up and I talk about this. A lot of this over my, my higher end Ovechkin cards, everyone comes up and loves them, but nobody's, nobody's really looking to buy them. And they just want to come visit them really. Um, and on the, you know, the, the, the higher end football I had, I was just getting, I was just getting really low ball offers, but I noticed in that 250 to 1000 range. I mean, this is where everybody, all those cards, this is what people were looking at. Um, seeing that this was going to be the sweet spot here. Um, I started just buying the, the football that I felt, you know, any of the quarterbacks that people were bringing my tape, bringing to my table to sell. Um, and in fact, in the morning before on sa Saturday morning, before the show started, I, you know, found a couple of Joe Burrow cards that I said, Oh, these are nice. I'm, made a deal with, with the dealer. I bought a handful of cards and I grabbed them and I said, I'm just going to price them up a little. I'll throw them in my case. 
Uh, and then I realized people were coming around saying, yeah, these, these cards are great. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of interest in them. And then immediately I sold a couple. Uh, so as people were coming up, they said, are you buying? I had a little sign. Yes, I'm buying football. You know, I'm, I'm buying football and female athletes. That's that's kind of what I was buying this weekend. And uh, yeah, I saw a lot of football. Um, I picked up, you know, probably three or four Trevor Lawrence cards. Um, additionally, a three or four Joe Burrow. It seemed to be just be a lot, a lot of Joe Burrow. People selling it, people buying it. Um, but this was the most popular section of my case, right? Where, where these football cards, and again, ranging anywhere from 250, I say to 1K because I sold one card almost at 1,000 at nine, at nine, nine. Yeah, well, I guess it was at, right at 1,000. Um, I sold the card at. Um, uh, but the rest were, you know, anywhere from 250. You know, to maybe six hundred was was probably the bulk of it, and there was a couple seven seven fifty eight hundred in that area uh, that I ended up uh, you know packaging in with a couple other cards and and you know making some deals. So, um, you know, the cards that were coming to my table, these football cards, I was buying at between 75 and 80 percent i i couldn't go anymore i tried to go lower i usually got shut down and you have to remember that that room was crowded there was a lot of dealers in there there's a lot of people in there buying so i mean if i wanted to buy cards i had to be within a you know i had to be you know competitive anyways but i was able to reprice them and move you know 75 percent of these cards at you know between 90 and 95 percent comps right so not so bad Right. Uh, people were offering me all day long coming in and making offers at, you know, maybe 70 percent or 75 percent or something like that. But I, I, you know, I just stuck to my guns. Right. It was I put I put them at 100 percent comp, actually just a little bit over, maybe like about 103 percent or 104 percent. And, you know, I just kind of calculated it out and said, this is it. This is. This is the best I can do on the card. And, and, you know, a few people tried going just a little bit further. And I said, I, I just can't, I, you know, I'm sorry about that. And most people ended up buying them. I mean, I was probably in around the 15% profit range, right? And not bad for rentals, right? Not bad for picking it up from somebody, drop it in the case and for somebody else. So, you know, I, I never even had to travel with the card, right? But those cards just ended up selling out of my case. So those margins are good. I don't mind doing that. And those cards are attracting people or bringing people. Uh, and there were a number of times people came up and they, you know, tried to lowball me on a card and they would take a picture of the card and they'd say, all right, we'll think about it. And they left and somebody else bought the card. They came back. Oh yeah. Yeah. You had that burrow. And I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I left 10 minutes after you left. Uh, and, and, you know, people are like, oh, they're starting to think, man, I, I should have bought that card. Um, one other thing I'm doing too is, and I've talked about this, I love these low pop cards, uh, and, and I'm sticking that right on there. I picked up, you know, two cards, Trevor Lawrence cards. One was a pop six. One was a pop one, uh, Joe Burrow, low pops, maybe twenties, thirties like that. And I'm, and I'm advertising them, I'm sticking it on the cards, and people are like, oh, okay, well, I'll think about it. I'm just letting you know, you know, like you see there, that's a pop 16 or 18. There's only. And that, and, and if it's a PSA 10, I mean, that's as good as it gets, right? 
And I said, the, the chances of another one being in that room are probably slim. You'll probably maybe find something similar, but you're not going to find that exact card. Uh, and usually people either bought or came back pretty quick and bought the card. So it was a pretty successful day. I know um, quite a number of shows probably since national, you know, some of the shows have been up, some of the shows have been down, but this by far, you know, to me has been the best show that I've seen and participated in uh, since then. I mean, I went to the Philly show and the Philly show was very busy too, but I didn't see people buying things at the Philly show. And I talked about that. Um, everybody felt that the prices were high. And I think, you know, at this show, I think probably people, most people priced their stuff high, but they were making deals. People were accepting offers. You know, if, if I guess if the, you know, the, the margins were right for them, they were, they were taking it. Um, I knew some guys that, there that, you know, I know from other shows and I know I've seen their cases. I know what they have, the type of guys who walk up and I look in their case and I'm like, oh my, and I look around them. They weren't even at the table. I'm like, I know exactly whose case this is because I know whose cards these are, that type of thing. Um, you know, and I saw them, you know, at, late in the day at, you know, on Saturday and towards the end of the show. And I know I walked up to their cases and they still had the same cards in there. You know, and I thought to myself, I'd like to be, you know, going out to national. I'd like to be that person that has those higher end cards. But, you know, it may, you know, as a business plan, it just may not be, you know, the best idea. And it's okay to switch. It's okay to switch up. I mean, for me, I, like I just said, you know, the, the hobby is changing all the time. So I need to change. I need to be able to, you know, roll with, roll with the punches, right? Whatever is changing, whatever, you know, I need to be able to do that. And if I'm in a really high lane somewhere with these really high-end cards and I can't move them, I take a chance of getting beat on them, right? Or just being, just sitting on them. So, um, or, or even you know, something that I don't like doing is trading down, which a lot of people will tell me that I'm missing out, but I'm just, I, I, I traded down once, uh, since I've been in the hobby and, and, and it was a great move for me. Uh, and if, and if that opportunity came again, like, like it was there, if it was, you know, similar to that, I would probably do that again. But a lot of times those deals don't come that way that often. So, um, I liked my lane I was in. I liked what I was doing. I liked being busy. I liked making the sales. And um, I felt it was pretty competitive. Uh, you know, the margins were smaller, right, on on some things. It, it, you know, maybe if, even if it was 10% on something, it was still positive income that was coming in. Um, and more importantly, I mean, I don't even know if this is important, but just to point it out, um, I find this is the stuff that young kids are looking for. This is this is the what they're showing up. This is you know in their price range of buying things. Uh, I sold more of these cars to younger kids this weekend or kids with parents uh, with them because this is this is what they're looking for and this is I guess what they've convinced their parents to to purchase for them, right? Um, I sold, and I'm just going to tell you this story. I, I had a 2017 Patrick Mahomes Silver Prism PSA 9. Uh, I had a price tag in my case at $1,075. Um, most recent comps on, there was actually a comp on it on Saturday for $886, but most of the comps were around, you know, $970 to $990, right in that area, $975, $980. 
Um, and I had a kid come up to my table. Uh, he was looking, looking. I saw him take his phone out and take a picture of that card. Um, and he whispered something to his friend and his friend whispered something back to him. He goes, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's probably going to make me an offer on something. And then he opened up his bag and immediately took out a whole pile of cash and just dropped it on my case. I'm looking at this guy I'm like, well, what is he doing? Uh, and he said, there's $950 here. I, I want, I want that silver Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I want to flip you for it. And I said, you want to flip me for it? So at first I thought he was saying, you know, if I win the flip, I'm, I get the card. And if you win the flip, you take the money. I mean, this that's what I thought he was asking me at first. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not flipping. He goes, no, he goes $950 and we'll flip. If I win the flip, I get the card for 950. And if you win, I'll give you 50 more dollars and I'll pay you a thousand dollars for the card. I said, how old are you? He says, I'm 12. And I said, are you? Are you here with a parent? I mean, is this okay? Should I should I be dealing with you? Is there, is there? And he goes, No, I can do this. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. I said, you know, he never bothered me to ask what's the best I could do on the card, which which I found amazing. Like they've already determined the price that the the card was a thousand dollars, and he was trying to get it for fifty less, which. I would have been okay at selling the card for nine seventy five, you know, and, but one thing he did, he never asked me, you know? So I said, okay, go ahead. I said, who's going to flip and uh, an older person. I don't know if it was a parent they were with or whatever came over and he explained what they were doing and they flipped the, they flipped it. I said, heads, it came up heads. He take, took 50 more dollars out. I pulled the car out and handed it to him and he walked off with the card and, and uh, you know, this is, it's just a little strange to me, you know, to, to have a sale like that. Um, a lot of people came up and looked at that card and they were like, man, that's a nice card. That's, 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 that's a card I want to own. Uh, and this person, just this young 12 year old kid came up with all this cash. And for him, I know it's not collecting. I mean, I know this, it, it's not collecting for him, this card. Um, and, and I would be surprised if he even had this card when he left the show that day. I mean, I'm not really sure. I didn't talk to him. I don't know the intention, but you know, I, I thought as he walked off, it, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could, you know, just educate how, how not great if we could, but how can we just educate these kids a little more on collecting? Cause sometimes when you go to shows like this, it, it just seems like it's all about the money. And, and not really about the card or if the card is a status or, you know, I don't, I don't even know if it's a card he wanted. Like when he walked up and saw the card, he just walked up and saw it was a Patrick Mahomes card. And I just felt he felt it was valuable or his friend told them it's valuable. Um, and I know, I, I know as a dealer, I'm in both lanes and, you know, maybe I shouldn't be you know, commenting or saying things on this. But, you know, sometimes I just think, you know, are these kids going to st stick around in that? Is this going to be, are, are are they in this hobby? Are they going to stick around in the hobby? Um, are they going to succeed? Are they going to last in this hobby? You know, because there, there's a lot more 
than just buying a card and flipping a card or getting a card at a good deal. And, and you know, if you're a dealer and maybe just going to shows, you hear these kids come up all the time and they drive hard bargains. Like they'll come up and say, I want this card. Here's the last comp. This is this, this is that. And they really drive a hard bargain sometimes. And, you know, I, I I'll go along with them, but I, I stick to, you know, whatever, um, whatever my price is, what I, I generally don't budge off of that. Um, I'm not that type of person that late in the day, I'm just trying to make some sales because it's, to me, it's not worth it. Um, somebody's going to buy that card. Somebody's going to find the, find out that that they're going to feel that card is valuable for them to buy. Um, but I feel, you know, sooner or later, if it's just about the money, I mean, even as a dealer, we all get bit in the butt a little bit. Right. And, and you have to rebound from it and you have to learn from that mistake. I don't know if these kids, if, if they're going to learn from it and, you know, having that much cash as a, as a 12 year old running around with that, that much cash too. I mean, I, I would have never had my kids run around with that much money, but it's a different world today. It's a different world than when my kids are young. And, and, and I see this a lot at the shows and I see a lot of the parents, you know, they, they come with the kids and there's a lot that really try to, um, I think enforce the value of the money uh, on the collecting side of it. But I could see a lot of times if the parents are like, I don't even know if this is what he wants, but right now it's what he wants. And you know, kids, that's what they say. Oh, you know, these kids. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad they're here. I'm glad, I'm glad they're at the show. I'm glad they brought the kids, but I don't know if the kids really, um, if it's really collecting, if they really understand the collecting part of it versus, you know, the, the monetary part of it. Uh, but anyways, I kind of went off on a rant there. Uh, so with all that said, you know, I'm changing up my national game plan just a little bit. Um, I'm still going to put get some a handful of RPAs higher end, you know, not as high. Maybe, I, you know, I had been talking about, you know, like around the three, four five K. Um, I think I might stick with the RPAs around fifteen hundred to two K, um, but probably going to invest a good amount into these two fifty to one one thousand to one K cards. Uh, cause I think it's going to help me between now and national too, just to be able to set up and be more successful as a dealer. Um, because if this is where, you know, I'm going to be, I don't want to invest. My thought is I don't want to invest a lot of money into these higher end cards that I am just going to have to have strong hands on and hold them. Right. Or even if show up to shows and have them, you know, priced high, uh, when I'm trying to succeed as a dealer, um, it's probably not a great plan. This right now, I think, is the perfect time, the perfect time to 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 buy football. And it may that window may be closing faster than we think. Um, so I'm doing what I can just to just to go out and figure out where I can find these cards in that price range and 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 get as many as I can as quick as I can before, uh, before the window closes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not abandoning the RPAs. I'm definitely going to have some RPAs out there, but maybe not as many as I originally had planned. I mentioned earlier, I sold, you know, 90% football, uh, a couple hockey cards. I was very specific about a couple hockey cards. I sold two hockey cards at this show, two hockey cards. 
I sold two, and I know exactly which cards I sold because there's a story, right? Uh, I sold two hockey cards. They were two PSA 9 Trevor Zagris hockey cards. And I sold them to Trevor Zegris. I sold them to his father's neighbor. So the guy came up. He said, do you have any? I said, yeah, I got some right here in the box. I, you know, I pulled them out. I put them down. I had two of them. And he said, his father lives next door to me. And I told him I'd, I'd buy some cards. Uh, he said, I've been asking all around the show. And I know it's funny because I have three PSA 10s of that. And he was really looking for a PSA 10. And he said he couldn't find one anywhere in the show. And I know I, there was no way I was bringing mine there because the, the prices are so down. And he's such a talented young hockey player. These young guns, um, it, it feels almost like the baseball where you have to hold them for three years or four years before you see if they do anything. But um the prices on those were, you know, up almost, uh, I think, 250 to 300 Now they're maybe around the $100 range or 120 So I think most people just pulled them out and just put them aside and said, yeah, we're just going to hold on to that, as I did. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's a little story on that. Um, and there was a ton of hockey. And when I walked around, I could not believe all the hockey in that room. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be a great show for my hockey stuff. You know, I'm probably going to sell a bunch of it. And, uh, yeah, they I did not sell much. A lot of people interested, a lot of people looking, a lot of people like my OV cards. But, no, nobody ever really pulled the trigger. Um, on Saturday, uh, I talked about the uh, the Adam Sandler stuff, the camera crew being there. They were they came. They were at one point they were set up right in front of my table, uh, and uh, that's when I realized they were pulling out these things and putting up testing, testing. So they weren't asking. I mean, as they were filming, they weren't asking people to sign anything or do anything. So I realized, you know, a lot of it they were doing. I, I mean, if Adam Sandler was there, I would have to imagine he was doing some kind of filming, uh, there, but, uh, as far as the, uh, as far as what they were filming on the floor, I don't think any of us in particular that were being videotaped, uh, I don't think any of that was going to be part of the movie yet, but I think, you know, you can tell it's getting closer and closer to, uh, to get the, you know, get to start filming if they weren't already filming with him there. Um, and then, at, well, like I said, Adam Sandler himself showed up, right? So then the place was all a buzz, right? He was he had walked through, he came in, and he walked through the floor from one end to the other. Uh, and most of the time, you know, the show uh, at Hofstra is in a uh, an arena, so there's a whole upper level, and you could see him walking around the whole upper level. He was giving thumbs up to people. Um, yeah, so uh, it was a little bit of excitement for the Saturday. Uh, and as busy as the show was with the camera crew being there, uh, they didn't seem really to interfere with much. So that was kind of nice. I, I I was almost thinking when you kept, started seeing these guys rolling around with these cameras, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a problem because there's not a lot of room between the aisles and stuff. But they seemed to do it pretty well that it didn't really uh, block up too much traffic and people were just kind of moving on through. Uh, on Sunday, uh, he was not there. The camera crew, they were all gone for Sunday. But the Sunday show, believe it or not, was either as busy, if not busier, than the Saturday show. And I never seen a two-day show 
that Sunday would be as busy or, or if not if not busier than the Saturday show. To me, that speaks volumes for the for the hobby itself. Uh, it was just unbelievable that you know in my mind I'm thinking, all right, Sunday show goes till four o'clock. If it's slow, I'll probably try to pack up one thirty, two o'clock, uh, and head home. Man, that place was packed. Even at four o'clock when that show ended, there were people still making deals. Uh, so it was definitely a great day to be there on Sunday. And at one point I almost, uh, I almost rented off my Sunday table. I was just going to do Saturday and not do Sunday. And then at the end I said, you know what, if it's great Saturday, I'm going back Sunday. And I ended up staying overnight, uh, down there. That's how committed I was to being there for Sunday. Uh, I'm getting ready for the Toronto Expo this weekend coming up. Pretty excited about that. Um, I already had a few listeners reach out to me for some meetups out there. So I'm excited to meet them. And, you know, anybody else, if you're going and you haven't messaged me or you're going to be there, haven't messaged me yet, definitely message me uh, on Instagram. Uh, and uh, we'll definitely um, love to meet up with anybody who's going to be out there who's uh, you know, listener, you know, anybody go hang out, talk cards. Um, I'm thinking this is probably my last opportunity to move hockey at a decent price this weekend. Um, I, like I said, I, there was a number of hockey cards that I didn't, uh, that I didn't bring with me. Um, because the prices are slow, so low on it now. And, uh, you know, at this point, probably most of it will get put away now until, you know, next season. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, a show being 90% hockey, I'm hoping that I'll be able to move some hockey. Uh, Wednesday's episode, uh, Sports Card Therapist, like I said, it's going to drop um, – Wednesday morning and I have a PSA order being shipped back. Uh, I, I think it was a 40, 40 card sub. So definitely I'm going to do another sub reveal video on that. So you can look for that in the next week or so. Uh, some pickups, some PC pickups I had this weekend, you know, nothing over the top, but just some great cards. Uh, and I'll just, I'll share them with you real quick. I picked up, um, Four Panini Prism WNBA autos. Um, picked up here on YouTube. You get to see it. Uh, Brianna Stewart, Jaquel Jones, Asia Wilson, Maya Moore. I picked all four of these up from a new dealer I just went to talk to that I saw at the show and I started talking to him and I looked in his case and I saw these. I'm like, oh man, I came to the right place. Uh, this card here was kind of a cool card. It showed up. The guy said, I don't think there's anything in my box you want. Cause I said, what's in the box? You know, you want me? He says, no, there's nothing in here. It's, you know, there's only a couple of good cards. You know, I said, oh, let me look through. You never know. And then all of a sudden I go through and I pull out this. 2016 Olympic team uh, bronze auto, Brittany Griner, PSA 9, auto 10, pop 1. I said, see, 
I knew I'd find something in there. It's a great card. And I picked up a 2019 Panini World Cup Rose Lavelle CSG 10. That's considered her rookie card. So I'm excited about that. That was it. I, I, I did really well. I sold a lot more than I than I bought this this weekend. I really controlled myself on some cards too. Um, so again, early episode this week and a late episode ne next week. And if you're going to be at the Toronto Expo, definitely uh, message me. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.